Welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have the privilege of having Debbie Allen here with us today, and she's going to help us do better branding, uh, define ourselves, get more customers, be happier, run away to Fiji. It's going to be amazing. Debbie, welcome to the program. Uh, wonderful to be here. Love speaking on about sales and putting yourself out there in a way that makes a, a big impact in the world. We always need salespeople, no matter where we are in the world. Absolutely. And uh, so I was talking to a group of salespeople, like a uh, hundred and some odd folks. And I said, please complete this sentence for me. Uh, salespeople are, and somebody put up a hand and said, they're outgoing. They're amazing. They're wonderful. They're driven. Da 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 da. After about seven or eight positive attributes, somebody put up a hand. They're sleazy. They're untrustworthy. They'll take advantage of you. And the list of negative uh, attributes from a group of salespeople themselves was two or three times larger than the positive attributes. Till somebody said, "Wait a minute, that's not us, but that is society." And in society. We have uh, sales is a bad word, although we're all happy when someone sells us something that we want or something we didn't even know we needed. But once we've got it, we're like, oh, my God, I'm so happy I got this. Right. Why do you think in our society sales is a bad word? Well, people don't want to be sold, but they want to buy or they want to invest, right? So it's it's how someone positions themselves as that salesperson, that person coming from a place of service versus where they have the negativity is that push and that, you know, that constant like in your face uh, intrusive. And that's unfortunate that those people are not well-trained salespeople. They're not building relationships. They're not trying to listen to you and get what you want. All right. And they're, they're going to be short-lived and, and you see this all the time. And I think that's where people get the cringe worthiness of it. But I think, you know, anybody's listening to your show, they want to improve. They want to be better. They know that that cringe worthy, pushy salesperson doesn't work. We're, we're onto that stuff, right? You can't push me into buying something I don't want. Although I'd love to have you support me and give me information so that I can make a better buying decision um, and, and service and give me the service that, I, that, you know, that a true expert, what you know, you know, your stuff. And if you really position yourself as an expert who happens to make an offer, whatever that is, right, then that's a completely different way of thinking versus somebody speaking about a salesperson. True. Uh, but uh, somebody unsuspecting in that business right down there is minding their own business. And let's say Debbie calls them. As soon as they pick up the phone, they go, oh, crap, it's a salesperson. And in their mind, Debbie is the pushy, I'm twisty, no good for nothing salesperson, which is not true. So that's the lens that we have to uh, uh, move beyond. So what's a good strategy, especially when you're reaching out cold for the first time to get them to take a breath so they realize that, no, I'm not that. I'm here to serve you. Any strategies on how to overcome that initial internal mental picture they have before you get to know them? Right. I think that you have to value yourself and the knowledge that you have as an mm. expert. I know the value that I bring. And even when clients decide to invest with me, even my top, top dollar mentoring program, I mean, it has to be a win-win. It has to be a fit because my time is the most valuable thing I have. I value their time and I expect them to value my time as well. So even before anybody gets a chance to get on a call with me, they're going to have to fill out 
what I call as an application to a call. So they're going to have to answer some questions, make sure they're a right fit. So I actually have kind of guidelines around somebody having, you know, reaching out. I don't just go, Hey, get a free coaching call. You know, it's, I don't, I don't do it that way at all. And nice. so I take it very seriously that I can only help a certain number of people personally, especially if they're going to spend time with me. So to get that call, they have to, you know, apply and then they win the application. And then I go, okay, now here's my schedule. I don't just give my schedule away to anybody because my time is, you know, time is the most valuable thing. And so then I, when I get on the call with them, I know already what the problems are and I have the solutions. So it sets me up for success, sets them up for success, what they're going to hear from me and the support. And so my goal on a call, and this is just strictly a call, is if you know they're moving to a call, as I give 20 minutes of listening, supporting, responding to the answers that they have, 20% all on give, give, give. Don't, you know, don't sell it all. There might be some seeding in there talking about case studies of stories of other people you might have helped, but it's really, it's totally focused on them. And then at 21 minutes, I mean, I'm watching my clock, right? 21 minutes, I go, now, because I'm in supporting, supporting them. Is it okay with you if I tell you a little bit more about the services I have that I believe they'll support you? And based on your conversation, this is where I think, you know, would be a good place for you. No one ever says no, because you're giving them support. Where a lot of people go wrong is they undervalue themselves. They give way too much time. And now you've broken down the value and people don't want to invest because they're like, you've given it away. Or you've gotten pitchy or salesy way too soon before you built a relationship. Everything is a relationship where you're talking on Zoom, conference call, one-on-one, face-to-face. You've got to build a relationship and it's got to be real. And, and people can tell if it's fake or not. And I always say, put your head and your heart together and come from a place of service. You're never going to go wrong. Absolutely. And uh, I really like that. And I especially like the uh, the survey assessment, the tools that you have before they get on a call with you. Because it does two things. Uh, most people have a etheric sense of what the issue is. And by forcing them to actually articulate it and write it down and think about it, it focuses them on what the issue is as well, which I think uh, is helpful. Plus, it allows you to help them in a higher way. So I love that. It does uh, three things. Number one, it uh, helps them think more clearly on what they want. Two, it creates a filter. Only people that are interested are going to go through the process and come on the other side. And number three, you can be of the highest value to that person in that 30-minute call. Uh, and so it just is a win, win, win. So bravo. Exactly. Yes. And in person, I'll give you an example of this. We were just buying some high-end patio furniture. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. So we're like, it's like going into spring and we go into fall. Oh. Like, oh, we can be outside again. Um, it's not 190 degrees. Um, so we're looking at this furniture and it's, you know, it's like 20 grand. It's like, you know, we're not going to like drop it. Like, you know, we're going to shop around. So we went to three different uh, patio uh, furniture stores uh, the same day, completely different experiences. Uh, you know, one was like, they're kind of moving the store around, kind of not paying attention to you. Like, okay, do your own thing. Let me know if you need help. Basically, I don't want to help you. <laughs> right. Um, the other one was, you know, very good. He, he was, he was there, but he wasn't pushy. Um, but um, I think that I didn't have enough options of what to look at. Then the third one was like, oh, okay. A lot of great options. This is it. But this person was so phony that it was like too nicey nice. Oh, can I get you water? Oh, this, and it, and it just like, ew. you know, I just wanted, it wasn't even the pushy stuff. It was like, she had been taught, this is how you're supposed to engage people. And it wasn't, it just wasn't authentic. And, and she felt by like me being overly nice, it's going to make me look like a nice person. Mm. And you're going to want to buy from me. 
but people can tell if you're authentic and you're real. Like why, why would you turn into somebody else when you go into a sales mode? It's kind of like what speakers do when they first start out. It's like they get on stage and they're like completely different. Can you just have a conversation with me, even though you're standing in front of the room or you're having a sales conversation? And so we end up going with the third one, but not, not would not buy from that person that was too nice. <laughs> which she thought was nice. And we went to the other location they had and we bought from this gentleman that was real and authentic and talked about our families and talked in, you know, it's just about the weather and what, and it was just easy. And he had the answers and he had the right choices. He listened to what we were saying and directed us completely. Cause there's when there's way too many choices, you know, uh, people don't buy. Like if there's, if it's too confusing, so there's a lot of things that salespeople have to overcome is help guide people on a decision when there's a lot of choices don't be phony be real be authentic be yourself um and, and if you and the way to think about that is just knowing if i can meet people every day and have great conversations and support them i will make good money as a salesperson versus having that number and that goal in their mind because when you have the number and the goal in your mind people can feel it they can read it that you all are out you're just out to make money off of me and that goes south every single time yeah, I think also uh, what you described was uh, when I'm being overly nice to you, it's uh, it's actually more about me than it is about you. Look at me. I'm a nice person and I'm a caring person. And sales is all about uh, getting the person on the other side to feel so comfortable that they share what they what the real problem is, what they really want to accomplish. And that listening and that connection allows you to go, hmm. It sounds like uh, one of these two things is going to be the solution for you. Let me know what you think. And I think what we're selling has to come at the end, like you described on your call, is two-thirds of it is very much figuring out what's going on for the client, helping them get clarity. Uh, and then once they've got clarity on it, this is what I want, say, ah, oh, I think we can help you and then go solve that problem. Yeah, and it's about learning how to communicate with different types of people. Um, there's in being able to read body language. I mean, there's everything with, you know, the skill sets of a salesperson isn't just how you deliver the message, how you communicate that is reading body language. Um, you know, you tell if people are like looking fidgety, like you're talking too long or whatever it is, you just get good at it where it almost becomes subconscious to you. And, and, and again, if you're really being real, you can start paying attention to those clues versus focusing on, I want to make the sale. And that's why those people that are really pushy, they miss every single one of those clues. They don't see the body language. They're not listening. All of those things. Right. Um, and even when I started doing as a speaker, you know, being able to read body language, even through mm -hmm. an audience, you know, like, OK, the story's going too long or I need to engage them more or whatever. I could read a raw, an audience of hundreds of people, you know, so it's a real amazing skill if you can learn to do that. And even on radio shows and podcasts where I wasn't even seeing the host, I was able to read the flavor of the host or who their market was mm. and go along with that conversation. And I would tell you the, the most challenging one I ever did was when I was on the radio show uh, with uh, shock jock, Howard Stern, you know, mm. that was a, you know, I had to take his style on and to be a little sassy, <laughs> a lot sassy. Um, I had to kind of beat him up. Cause I know if I didn't beat him up, he'd meet, beat me up. It was a completely different situation, but we do have to shift and change our communication skills with whoever it is we're speaking to. Absolutely. And uh, reading the room is like so important. Uh, and I think having these conversations with peers is really useful. So for example, I was doing a presentation at the beginning of the year 
and uh, the room was just not, they were all on round tables. There was like maybe 200 people and they were just not connecting. And it was like, okay, like how do we get them to engage more? And it was a postmortem that really dictated that what I needed to do was to actually break them up into groups on their tables and give them an activity and put, pick a captain for each one of the tables to report back to everybody and just be more directive, but also create engagement locally in their little community. But we live and learn. And uh, so doing an autopsy is really critical to improving what we do. Any thoughts on how to look at a sales situation that went well and also one that went badly on figuring out whether either the, the hidden gem was where we did something fabulous or the landmine that we hit when something went wrong. Any thoughts on how to do a good autopsy? Yeah, I think that, you know, as you do a prospect call, let's say you're talking to somebody or you're meeting somebody and you think that went really great. They're going to become a client mm -hmm. they're going to drop down that, that big chunk of money and uh, they, they've got it. And then all of a sudden it's like, you get crickets. Like, why didn't, why are they not responding to me? Right. Uh, you miss something along the way. Um, I always uh, ask for permission. If I'm doing a call with somebody on a phone, a Zoom call, I like Zoom. I used to always use conference call before Zoom. Now it's like I can look at their face. I can I can pick up on the body language if I'm you know doing a sales call. And I record it because I record it for them. I always say, is it okay with you if I record this for you? Because I, I give you a lot of wisdom. And sometimes I say stuff that some brilliance comes out and you ask me, well, what do I say again? And I forget. So I kind of joke about it. And then everybody's like, oh, sure, you can record it for me. And then it gives them a little bit of a buy-in just because I recorded it. But it also supports them to be able to listen to it later on. And also myself, if I felt like it went south, where did that happen? So like where it's happened to me, where I'm like, they were totally in. What was it? Was it the money? Was it the time? Those are usually the two biggest excuses people have, money and time. So if you can overcome those, like, okay, you're working with another coach right now. Do you need to finish that up? Maybe the timing is better here. We didn't talk about that. Or do we even talk about the money? Like, Maybe you didn't even have a conversation. Is this in your budget? Does this work for you? Um, you know, an offering a payment plan. Maybe you felt that they needed a bigger uh, pro program you offered, but they only had a budget for this. Okay, fine. Let's just start there. And then you'll see results. And if it's good for you, then you start go out and get some clients. You'll make some more money. You can invest in, in a longer period of, of uh, program with me and, and some more skill sets. Yeah, I just never push them. I just always read, you know, where the where they're at. And I, you know, uh, but once in a while I get sidetracked, they're like, they want you, you know, they want to work with you so bad. They just sound so ambitious that they want to like, I want this, this is exactly what I need. And then they disappear and you're like, okay, where'd that go South? It usually is. You didn't pay attention to the clues. They told you they didn't have any money. They told you whatever it was, or they're just, or the fear, like in that questionnaire, people tell me like exactly where they're at. So I'm reading that going, I'm, I have a fear of success. Okay, that's probably not going to be a good client for me because I'm a very straightforward coach mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell them, here's the steps to do and just do it, hang on, go, and we're going to go, we're going to get there fast. That's how I like to work. And we're going to, because I'm going to take the right, I'm confident in those steps I'm going to give you. And if somebody's afraid to begin with, I can't change that mindset. So I really pay attention to mindset clues. And if somebody's oh, out nice. going out, like, you know, even looking at a new car, like I want to get a new car, like, you know, I'm in a Mercedes gal for many years and it's like, I'm ready for my my lease is coming up. I don't know if I want to buy the car. I don't know if I want to lease another car. I don't, I haven't decided yet. And I just keep getting these, you know, these, these messages and no one's reached out and actually said, Hey, how, you know, 
you know, let's set up a conversation. It's just, they're trying to get me to an appointment. Like let's you have a conversation around this and let's see what timeline works for you. I probably would have set up a call with them versus like, I just keep ignoring it until the date gets closer and then I'll make a decision, I guess. I don't know. I'm not ready to make a decision yet. I just did a live stream, uh, with a guy called Mustafa and his, uh, main superpower is the follow-up and staying in touch with clients. And he would have said, you know, Hey, as the lease is coming up six months before, that's when you should intensify your connection with that person because they're going to be ready. And the dealer that provides the best service and outreach is going to be the one that wins. And, uh, oftentimes people get lazy with this. Oh, they'll just click on a link if they want to come or, uh, at my dad's company, uh, the marketing person, Hey, it's on a website. If they need it, they can find it. And it's like, what are you nuts? No. Yeah. That's not going to happen. You gotta, you gotta blow your own horn a little bit. You gotta teach your own horn. You gotta be a little bit of a shameless self promoter, but still being a, a place of service, knowing that what you have is so valuable. You gotta let people know about it. You can't, and that's people that, that don't like sales. So if you're listening to this, like, I don't like sales, you're going to hide behind like that. Oh, somebody will push the button and it's all automated and they'll contact me. No, uh, they really want your support. That, that is your job. That is part of what you do to, to reach out and do follow-up because I don't respect when somebody, you know, doesn't follow up with me, even when they've sold me something great. I'm like, just do a little follow-up, send me a little handwritten card, send me an email, send me a thank you, something. You know, I'm just, I'm amazed at some of the things that I've invested in um, and then zero once that sale goes through. And then you, how about the future? I'm going to want to invest again, but you haven't kept that relationship. You just dropped it as soon as you got my, my money. Um, so there's just a lot of things. And I think it really comes down to, you know, caring about people, caring about your, what you offer, believing in your services a hundred percent. And knowing the outcomes of what those services or products deliver. Um, and then you know you'll attract the right people. You're not going to sell everybody and you don't need everybody. You need the, the fans that really get what you're selling and what you're offering. And I think that's that's the key is to having that confidence to know, okay, if it's not a fit, next. Absolutely. So uh, when you are uh, looking to go out there and chat with people, uh, so let's, let's pick an industry. Let's say it's someone who does business consulting. How do people, how do you recommend people differentiate themselves? Cause they, they all sound like they're alike and when they're not. So how do you help someone find that differentiation, uh, that they need to kind of stand out? Yeah, well, that's where my brilliance is, is helping people position themselves as experts and then finding, pulling out that uniqueness. And I'll give you an example of someone that's like kind of a random, you know, thought is that um, this gal was an art teacher. She, she, for 20 years, she was an art teacher, made more, no more than $45,000 a year. Good teacher, mm -hmm. bad teacher, didn't matter. Had no idea how to be an entrepreneur. Never got paid to speak ever, but she wanted to speak on the topic of gratitude. Somebody says, oh, you got to meet Debbie Allen. She's been a speaker for 25 years. She can help you position yourself as a paid professional speaker. So she ended up being a client of mine. And what she said to me is, I don't even know how to be an entrepreneur. I don't know how to go out and make money. I just got money like a paycheck. I'm like, and I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. So I've never even applied for a job. So I'm like, I never even thought of that process. Well, of course I got to go make money, right? That's just a different mindset. Uh, so first of all, I had to shift her mindset. Then I had to teach her how to be an entrepreneur and I had to teach her how to sell. She didn't want to sell. And then she had to sell speaking engagements. And so I found the uniqueness in her was not gratitude. 
It was that she went back to school and learned neuroscience and then put together the concept of neuroscience, how the brain works with gratitude mm. and then kind of combine this together. I said, ding, ding, ding. This is it. Like she's telling me she doesn't even see it. Like I see it right away. Like, okay, this is what's going to position you as a speaker, as an expert, when you're selling things to people, because you're always selling yourself. You're always selling, you know, she's selling the next speaking gig. She's selling the next course, whatever that is. And, and so learning the skill of not only being able to position that of what makes her unique and then how to communicate that so that she makes an offer where people are going, oh, I see if I learn this, what benefits I'm going to get. And they're really lifetime benefits because if you can change somebody's mind or change somebody's personal life, it can benefit them for life. Even teaching them the skill of sales, which I do, they want to be speakers, but I go, you need to learn how to sell because how do you think you're going to get speaking engagements if you don't sell? How do you think you're going to have just one income stream as a paid speaker? You need to have other income streams. You need to learn the skill of speaking and making an offer. And there's a talent and there's an art and there's a system to that. And then when I teach them that, they start making money a lot quicker than other people that are going down one path and one income stream um, because they've learned how to do it so authentically and, and real. It's like just opening up the door and say, come on in, come on in. I can only teach you this much in this short amount of time, but come on in and, and we work together. I can teach you at a deeper level and I'm going to teach you lifetime skills that you've never learned anywhere else. And the value of teaching lifetime skills. I mean, that you think that's the hardest thing to sell is what they call soft skills, right. but it can change your whole life because once you've learned it and it becomes part of your core values, it's what you do every single day. And, 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 and it, uh, it changes every part of your life. Absolutely. Uh, Debbie, uh, what's a book you'd recommend that people read? Well, I would have to recommend my book. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My newest book is Expert, Position Expert Positioning. And that for anybody in, in sales or wanting to know about sales, it's like it's going to cut your, your, your sales process down, your marketing process down, just how you've positioned yourself. Absolutely. Foundation of who you are and what makes you unique. And one of my favorite salespeople, any, any book by Joe Girard on sales. Oh yeah. You know, is he still he, around? I don't know. I was going to say, I don't even know if he's still around. He's still my, I'm still a fan. He was old I when I got that. his first book uh, is about car sales. Uh, a yes. long, long time ago, it started me on the path. Yeah. Anyone like in the Guinness book of world records selling the most cars, it was all relationship building and stuff. And I used to have an autograph picture on my office wall of Joe Girard. I, I doubt that he's still around, but um, he was my inspiration. So any of his books, I think were the best sales books I have ever read. Um, if you like more edgy sales skills, Jeffrey Gittimer, I just was on mm -hmm. his podcast last week. I mean, um, sell or die, uh, you know, powerful, a different, different energy. You know, there's so many different ways to learn different things. Um, but all that stuff, I mean, I've read everything I could probably put my hands on in sales, but those two people were probably the ones that really made me really stand out. And, you know, the other one would be anything on how to get yourself influence others, the power of influencing others. And I think that's, I think that's the title of the book, something on power of influence. Um, those have probably been the most impactful books I've read on the sales and the, and the start of that. Uh, my books at expert positioning is really just how to position yourself as the best in the industry on what you offer and, and claiming a title, like a tagline and going out and, you know, even people that wouldn't think about being using public speaking to, to get business um, are, it's, it's one of the best ways possible because it positions you differently than everybody else. It's in a room of like a networking room that's trying to sell themselves one-on-one -on -one 
individually, which is very painful. I'd rather, it's networking on steroids when you're in the speaker in the front of the room. Yep, you have this gravitas and this stage and use it. Uh, Debbie, it was a joy chatting with you. We're gonna wind down the show and put all the links so people can get a hold of you. Uh, any last words before we part company? Yeah, I've got a great free gift, um, expertpositioningsuccess.com. You're gonna put that in there. Um, that's really where it can show you how you can make money from your expertise. So if you want to not only position yourself, but you want to position your expertise to help other people, um, it's like, that's kind of like taking up, taking off one hat and putting on another and going, Hey, I have years of knowledge. And what I teach, I could teach other salespeople this. I could, so if you want that type of business where you really want to become that expert and then do online courses, do speaking, whatever, um, that really will help you. There's an action guide there and a 30 minute video on that website and a business plan to put together. Oh, love um, it. And that's really where I started. It was just having to be a speaker, but I wanted to be an expert at something and just share the knowledge I had about success with people. Brilliant. Stay tuned. We'll chat uh, after the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 